Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I am your host this Sunday afternoon. I hope you're having a, a great day. Uh, my guest today uh, via Skype uh, is my old friend and collaborator uh, and music man, Arden Barnett. Welcome, Arden. Hello, Malcolm. Good to have you on again. Um, unfortunately, we, we both are in a business uh, that is uh, greatly challenged uh, by the COVID times, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. But before that, let's talk just a little bit about you're growing up and where you came from and how you ended up back in Jackson. I know that uh, you grew up, uh, I believe, in Clinton. Is that right? Yeah, spent some time in Clinton, actually all over Clinton, West Palm Beach, Atlanta, Baton Rouge. And then uh, Clinton came, we would spend a couple of year stints here and there in Clinton. And uh, and then in my the second semester of seventh grade i guess we or in the break there we moved to idaho so i've started junior high school the second semester of seventh grade in idaho and uh remained there for i think eight years and then off to back to jackson for a brief stay and then to birmingham for four years and then i came back here in 86 and that's when i called you from the car <laughs> so when when did you uh begin working in the music business. I know you did shows in Birmingham, maybe even before that. I, I don't really remember the history. Can you share that with us? Yeah, uh, actually, the first show would have been, I was actually still in high school. Uh, we were doing a lot. That's back in the the, the dog days when skateboards and, and swimming pools and freestyle Frisbee and all that. So I was doing, I had a DJ rig and I worked for a music store and I'd bring the Music West band out and put up a big PA and, and do, you know, we would do these tournaments and so on. But um, I did a radio show for eight years there. And my first actual live concert was uh, Hoyt Axton in Nampa, Idaho in 1979. I worked with uh, Kip Attaway on that show when I was working with him at Music West and that changed everything. Then uh, Tanya Tucker was the next one. Then I, when I was with the school, I was, it was KBSU. And the radio station, we did a show with Joe Pass, uh, Tom Scott, and a few others. And so it was ingrained. But Birmingham at UAB, at center stage, was that's when it kicked in to not going to school, just booking bands, but being enrolled in school. <laughs> so did you did you have a DJ handle when you would go out with your um, with your? Rig? That, that was before all that time. No, I, I, no, I never thought about that. <laughs> you were just Arden Barnett working for the music. Uh, well, it was more. I mean, I knew ninety-eight percent of the people. You know, that was that were there. So, yeah. Now I never thought about that. But I, I, I did have a uh, a reputation because I would always, I'd throw like Beethoven, the Beethoven, the the last movement of Beethoven's Ninth Symphony in after uh, Black Sabbath. Paranoid, or and then into and into a Frank Sinatra song. Anyway, we had we had a lot of good times back then. 
So, so you aren't a musician. You, you don't play any kind of music, do you? Well, I played alto saxophone from third grade through what would have been Clinton High School, my last semester at Clinton High School uh, when I played in the marching band. I mean, I had fun doing it, but but there was no way, you know, to play with a band. It was, you know, a real, you know, or much less make a living doing it. I, that thought never even crossed my mind. But right. but I did it because I love music and, yeah, so. so. My guest today is Arden Barnett. He uh, owns and operates a very creative business called Ardenland, and they promote concerts and festivals and celebrations. He also manages Dueling Hall, um, and uh, I know that much like Hal and Mouse, uh, in March there was a day where you had to lock the door of Dueling Hall. I remember very clearly on March the 16th, uh, we shut Hal and Mouse down uh, in order to accommodate the the pandemic and the the lockdown uh, that was issued. When did y'all shut down Dueling Hall? We our last show was on at Dueling was on March 9th. We had Muscadine Bloodline. We sold the show out. And actually, the first quarter of this year was the best, best we've ever had. And this the whole year was looking that way. So it was devastating. And then we hosted Harry Connick at Thalumar Hall on the 12th of, of March. And I'll never forget, and this will be one of those moments, you know, in in a career that will be the moment that you that you remember or you tell the story that, you know, I was outside back talking with the tour manager, and and he and he handed me the phone, and it was it was Scott the agent, and Scott said, look, we want to give you the opportunity, and we want you to make the call. We're willing to cancel the show. This is at four o'clock the afternoon of the show. We're willing to cancel the show. You owe us no money. We understand. And I said, no, we're we're going to play the show. And but at 4:05, when we hung up, they canceled the the rest of their tour. So that was we were the final show on that tour. And that day we we had sold the building out. And I think it was maybe 453 people did not come to the concert that had tickets just simply because of the fear of the, of the pandemic. It was, uh, it was craziness. Wow. Yeah. And it probably, uh, we've, I bet we've canceled slash postponed over 60 shows since that day. You had to uh, cancel or postpone uh, the Wilco show, right? Yep. Which was coming pretty shortly after that. Yep. April 12th, I think it was, yeah. And yeah, we we postponed it. Then then it was canceled. It is um, it is going to happen. We're gonna the date's gonna happen in 2021. Uh, but you know, it probably be the probably be the summer before we see that. So so yeah. March 12th is is when it all kind of unraveled. That was for our, you. that was it. And you know, it was the day before on March the 11th that I had to cancel the St. Patty's parade. Yep. And uh, people went crazy on me they call me alarmist overreacting crazy stupid uh you know fearful uh deep state uh political on and on and on the social media went uh to describe people's feelings about my decision to uh to close down the parade which still wouldn't have happened until march the 28th and 
I very clearly remember Dr. Thomas Dodds telling me that by the 28th of, of March, that we, Mississippi would be in a terrible spike uh, yeah. with COVID-19, and there's no way that I should proceed. And he advised me to, uh, to, to cancel it. And I did, yeah. uh, but it was very, very painful. Yeah. So, uh, so Dooling Hall is, is, is closed up like, temporarily, right? It is. We do have. Uh, we are doing some private events that that are on the books, and actually we've had some other ones. But as long as they fall into the the mandates and they meet the criteria, and and if the date happens while you know if the restaurants can be opened, then you know then then our caterer and the bar service and everything can operate just as a restaurant could, but, but the, but the capacity is like 25% of what we can normally do. So, which most of these weddings and stuff, they, they don't want a lot of people anyway, you know, they, they're doing 50 to 75 people, which we, right. which we can do, but, but there's zero music. Uh, and one or two, I mean, we're not talking of an event a week. We're talking, one every six weeks and right. so but other than that yeah we're just we're burning air conditioning so the so the ceiling tiles don't warp <laughs> that's that, that's a depressing thought it is get i mean and the thing is like you know twelve hundred dollars a month and i'm like i'd rather replace the ceiling tiles <laughs> <laughs> i uh Anyway, Mike, Pe Mike Peters would like Peters, that. Though. Yes, doesn't, doesn't think that way. And but but I will say this, that that the support from from Mike and and Peters real estate has been been pretty amazing uh, in in understanding the predicament that we're in, that everyone's in and and he gets it. And uh, so I'm very grateful and, and blessed to have a good landlord. That's for sure. Now your business, Ardenland, uh, at one time or another has has employed or does employ six, seven, eight people. I mean, you got a big operation there. I guess you've had to downsize just to figure out what's next, right? Yep. So, uh, yeah, everyone everyone on staff has been furloughed. It's it's like back to the beginning. Uh, I actually moved back to the house and set up an office in the upstairs, like where I started, and. 11 years ago, whatever it was. And um, I come into the office now on a scattered schedule. Like I was just telling you, I feel like I come in just to answer robocalls <laughs> and an occasional agent will call and say hi and just check in. But, um, but it's, you know, it's finding things to do. So, but yeah, it's that day was, and I'm, I'm sure it was the same with you, you know, having to, to, to and, and it's and it was something you couldn't even do in person, which is is like, you know, breaking up with your girlfriend or or whatever, you know, over text or over a telephone call saying, "Hey, I can't, I can't afford to pay you. I've got to let you go." And that was that was a that was a very hard day. So yeah, it was we had seven people at that point. So yeah, it's it's pretty lonely up here. Yeah, I bet it is. <laughs> so. I mean, I know for a fact because you know I used to do some of what you do, and that is that 
that we get on the phone in the morning and we stay on the phone all day long. And often we have two and three people on the phone at the same time. It's got to be rough on you not to be talking on the phone to these agents and managers and setting up these tours and working with your partners. Because I know you have partners all over the state where you produce festivals and music concert series. Because uh, you don't just work in Jackson. You work not only all over the state, but you've got some out-of-state clients, or you did before the pandemic. Yeah, so we we have the one uh, the one festival in Santa Cruz that we uh, produce that um, the Power Flower Music and Cannabis Festival, which is a good time. Uh, but it got obviously it's everything every actually we did thirteen festivals last year. This year, we, as of right now, Jimmy Rogers Festival is still on at a very uh, lowered capacity with JJ Gray and Mofro in Meridian on October 24th, I believe is the date. Other than that, boom, they're all gone. And so Jimmy Rogers is going to happen. To, as of last night, we're still on at a very decreased capacity. Um, you know, last year we did St. Paul and the Broken Bones and, you know, we had, you know, 1,200 people. It's been moved to the max since the old days. So last year was the first year at the max. This year it's at the max again and it's slated to continue. So it's up. Hi, I'm Malcolm White. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast. You can also hear the show on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5 p.m. For access to more conversations with creative Mississippians, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcast app. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I'm your host today. My guest today via Skype uh, is my old buddy, music man, Arden Barnett. Welcome back, Arden. Good to be back. Good, 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 good. So in the first segment, we talked a little bit about uh, your background and how you got into the to the music business and kind of where the state of uh, music is um, in your shop and in our shop and kind of around town. And uh, you, you had mentioned that you have one uh, potential festival that might go forward, and that's the Jimmy Rogers uh, in Meridian, Mississippi, at the max schedule for what was the date again? I believe it's October 24th, Malcolm. October 24th. Now, I know this year that you uh, had done a lot of work with the Mississippi State Fair. Has that officially been canceled, or do you know yet? It is not. It is still on. It is still on. Um, and actually, 
for the first time and I've been trying to work with the fair for 30 years now or since back when you and I were together beating those doors down and um, with the changes that have come about and and the current leadership uh, because of of, you know it's old-time friends and relationships and uh, so I got a call this year to 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 book nine out of I think 12 bands. So, so it's the first time in 30 years and it's, it's mostly local and regional type stuff, but there's a little different configuration than in the past. But, uh, but as of now, the fair is still on. I sent the contract in yesterday and, and it's so from my standpoint and, you know, I, I'm sure they have a cutoff date that they, they're going to have to have, but, but, but I, I'm, that's, that's not in my world. I don't, right. you know, I'm sure I'll get a, an email or a phone call saying, Arden, you need to um, cancel those bands <laughs> or <laughs> or we're going to play or, or we're going to play. Yeah. And, and what, what are the dates of the state fair or the shows that you have booked? Is that in October too? The, yeah, it is. So the fair Malcolm is, I want to say the eight through there are seven through 18, I believe. Right. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have it right in front of me, but that, I tend to. That time period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that, it's that middle of, of October as usual. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that may or may not go on. You don't really know yet. Yeah. So uh, let's, I know you've been real uh, engaged and involved and active uh, in this uh, endeavor uh, called SOS, Save Our Stages, which is uh, a movement uh, in Washington by Congress to actually pass a bill that would uh, include uh, some COVID relief for independent uh, promoters and producers and uh, venue owners and operators. Uh, I believe Representative Welch, uh, Democrat from Vermont, has introduced the legislation. Can, can you talk a little bit about that? And I know you're a part of a national organization too, that's really promoting save our stages and, and save our venues. Yeah. So the, so the organization is, is called NEVA national independent venue association, which, which is mind mind boggling that there's never been a, a coalition such as this in the past to, to deal with matters like ASCAP BMI. I mean, the, you know, you go down the laundry list of things that that things that can get changed by by people joining together and working together to get done. So Neva has launched, and as of right now, I think I got an email just a minute ago, and I think there's like 2,200 venues now in all 50 states that are members of Neva, and there are there are actually three bills that are w- involved in in this legislation that for relief. And the first was the Restart Act, which uh, Benny Thompson has, has co-sponsored. Um, Senator Wicker and Senator uh, Hyde Smith are all co-sponsoring that bill. That's that's the big bill that uh, includes. I think, you know, and Wicker is, I think it's the leadership on the restaurant bill, if I'm right. mistaken. Mm-hmm. So, so they've, they've given their backing to that. It's, it looks good, you know, but who the heck knows right. you know, what, what happens in the end. 
the SOS bill, the Save Our Stages bill, is a new one. And yes, it was um, introduced by, I think, uh, Kanyan, I believe, out of Texas, and then the person out of uh, Vermont, or Minnesota, actually. Um, that, that bill is strictly for venue, independent venues, such as mine, yours, so on and so forth. And there is a, a pocket of money that's being requested. I think it's $10 billion that would be used to to help independent venues get through the next, you know, six, six plus months. And and so far, uh, I've talked with, with uh, Congressman B Benny Thompson's office this morning. He is going to co-sponsor that bill. And... I know that the, and I talked to the staff at both um, Cindy Ide Smith and Senator Wicker's office this morning, and they are strongly considering backing that. But so that's that's the prayer. I mean, because there are, you know, you, I was talking to 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 the the girl that books the Troubadour in Los Angeles. I mean, they're they're on they're I'm holding up my finger yeah. with an inch of life you know right uh, and these are this, this is a building elton john you know billy Joe, all these people got their starts in these in these little clubs and and much like palomouse and dueling hall to jason isbell's the the widespread panics those are all bands that got their start in in mississippi and at our venues and 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 it is very i mean i've got chill bumps and just scared to death of what what the future holds um so and i can't imagine having a place in nashville or no. on the strip in la you can imagine and not having a, a landlord like i do you know these people they're yeah they're set there there's the numbers are like 90 percent of these venues are going to close within three to six months if if there's no relief Right. which is just un unheard of. Right. Well, what can listeners do, if anything, to, to support this organization or this movement? Or uh, I know you've been sending around some emails and some posts on social media encouraging. I, I know clubs can sign up. I mean, Hall Mouse has signed up and joined NEFA and to support. But is there anything just music fans and supporters and listeners can do? Go to www.saveourstages.com and there is a very simple, it takes 30 seconds. It's already pre-written to, and it will automatically go to all of our representatives. So it's a one-stop shop. And I mean, this, I'm not sure when this program airs, but this is, we are down, we're in a matter of days now when, you know, when this vote takes place and all this, before they leave on the break, this has got to happen. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, this show will air Sunday. Perfect. So this, this is a very timely uh, turnaround in terms of some, we don't usually do uh, short turnarounds and calls to action, but I just thought it would be interesting to sort of point out that uh, in this particular difficult time, uh, there, there are things that people can do. People do not have to feel hopeless and helpless. Uh, you know, we can get involved uh, and, and voice uh, our concerns. So if you were, if this had not happened, if, if, if 
COVID-19 had not occurred, you said you were having your best year on record. What would you be doing about here late July, early August? What did you have going that you've had to either cancel or postpone or reschedule? Uh, Where would you be? Well, I mean, I'm just looking at the calendar and, and, you know, in May, we probably had 20 shows in May, including uh, a couple of shows at Thayumara. June, we had Thayumara Hall shows. Um, and I mean, we've, so this is what we're, so actually Paul Thorne would have played last week. Um, and yeah, uh, the, the, a lot of festivals or, you know, we summertime, yeah, summertime. And then even, you know, we would be working very hard right now on some of our bigger festivals, um, you know, especially the California Festival, Natchez Balloon Festival, uh, I mean, Gumbo Fest, Red Beans and Rice Fest, you name it, just on down the line. So, uh, yeah, it's like, gone. it's like <laughs> going at warp speed and then hitting a brick wall. Right. right. So, so, um, now you're currently working with a saltine or you were before the shutdown because they're in the same building. You had saltine as your primary food caterer, right? Or your partner? Well, yes. So, so we still do not have a, uh, it's our venue dueling hall for private event does not mandate that you use our caterer where we still have an open catering policy to, we have some preferred caterers like Alan Mouse that are on our list that, you know, that we know take care of the building and know, know you know, how, how things work. So, uh, so that is still alive. Nothing's changed on that front. Saltine does take care of our bar service and they have, as of the first of the year, they had started doing a little remote menu that you could order at the bar and they would give you a pager and they would either bring your food to you or you could go pick it up at the bar. So, but all that's gone too. Yeah. And that's something I know that you had wanted to do for a long time because primarily uh, Dilling Hall is a special events venue and a live music venue. And you don't have your own kitchen and your own menu, but you do use Saltine for your bar and, and you were about to finally get what you really have been after, uh, and I guess at one time you sort of had that arrangement with Babalu, didn't you? On the other end of your well, building. Well, you could call, do a call-in order and, and you know, you could call it from your phone and go over there and pick it up. We would allow to-go orders to come into the building, but uh, but that, like you said, my, my goal all along, you know, is just to have something that if somebody, if it's the opera or whatever, if somebody wanted to come in and... Um, Hollywood calling. Yeah. <laughs> Another I, robo call. Robo-call. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need extended car warranty. Uh, so anyway, or I'm knocking on wood. I don't, uh, <laughs> but anyway, so it's, yeah, it's, um, it was finally, things were grooving. Yeah. And, uh, and you're how many years have you been in Dooling Hall? Be seven years now, I think maybe seven eight years. Uh-huh. Hi, I'm Malcolm White. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast. You can also hear the show on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5 p.m. 
for access to more conversations with creative Mississippians, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcast app. Hi, I'm Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advisory and co-host of Money Talks. Each week, we take your personal finance questions and tell you about a money topic we hope you find helpful. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour. Malcolm White here. I'm your host today in the studio with Arden Barnett. Hello, Arden Barnett. Hello, Malcolm White. And when I say the studio, I mean we are uh, talking via Skype. I am in my basement uh, in Belhaven. You're in your office at Fondren, I believe. Yeah. And Kevin Farrell, our producer, is back at uh, MPB World Headquarters. so running the knob. So it's the uh, it's the COVID uh, edition of uh, how we operate the Arts Hour. But we appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, Arden is here to talk a little bit about um, uh, the state of live music uh, in Jackson and in Mississippi and all around the globe. Uh, but before we do that, Arden, I was going to ask you this. You've been in the music business a long time. Share a few of your sort of sentinel moments when you've produced a band or an artist is on stage and you've, you've busted it to get them there. What are some of your favorite, uh, looking back, some of your favorite shows that you've produced and some of your magic moments uh, in the business? Uh, wow. You've had a lot. Yeah, yeah, I have. It's just picking them out. The... I mean, several of them were happened, you know, when I was there with you, you know, between JJ Kale and the fish, man, yeah. amazing night. The other that I still, um, we, was, we did Michael McDermott in the big room. He had that record out and it was, should have been a crowd, but <laughs> one person showed up and they, <laughs> left. but I do remember putting a chair about, you know, 30 feet from from downstage center and sitting there with, with the chair turned backward. And, and I got to listen to the whole set by myself. And, uh, and Michael has come back and played dueling since then. And he turned out, he wrote a song about that night. Oh, really? And, yeah. And he, he played it and he told the whole story. And, and so that was, that was a really uh, cool thing. Um, and then um, I remember when we did widespread panic in the grove of Millsaps uh, during the yeah. uh, the Braves were were in the World Series and we put the TVs facing <laughs> schools and and uh, and uh, and JoJo so they could watch the game, <laughs> you know, and they they would just hit a bad note or whenever when there was a hit. But yeah, that was a and then the other one when we did them in the baseball field and, and none of the students showed up to <laughs> they were drunk. <laughs> and the, the semi got stuck in the outfield. Yeah. Oh, oh are, yeah. But, hey, tell that story about the time Robert Earl Keane was playing and there was a p- private party next door and, oh. and the DJ was boom, boom, booming <laughs> and what Robert Earl did. <laughs> uh, so 
Yeah, so but and it was the acoustic version of Robert Earl Keane. It wasn't even <laughs> the, the 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 electric version. But yeah, we were we were hosting the the like it was probably like a UMC party or something. Yeah, something. with with DJ whoever and and the doors are rattling, everything's rattling, <laughs> and and Robert Earl's playing acoustic on his guitar with an upright with a guy playing a snare drum and an upright bass player, and you could not. There was no way to turn it out, and and finally, Robert just said, "Screw it, I'm going outside. I'm gonna go play outside. If anyone wants to come out, come on." So they they set up on the stairwell or the walkway there, and the crowd got down on the parking lot and sitting on cars, and they started playing. Then a cop drove by, and because it was everybody had beers and everything out in the parking lot, he said, "This ain't working," and so we. I asked Robert, said, Robert, let's just switch around. Can y'all go down there and let the crowd come up there? And so he did. And uh, the band played out in the parking lot, sitting on cars, and the crowd, no PA. And <laughs> the crowd stood on the little walkway. And I remember we went, got a bottle of tequila just to help uh, smooth matters over and pass it around to all the, the crowd. And, uh, and Robert told me that night, Arden, I will never play here again <laughs> and uh, and and this was so this was was it last year or two years i did a show with no it's been anyway he came back and played dueling hall and we really relived that story you know he said i know i told you i was never coming back here <laughs> but we had a good time tonight and and since then he's he's been we've probably done five shows with him between here and hattiesburg so but yeah, I'd forgotten about that night. Yeah, he didn't write a song about it, did he? He didn't write a song about that. <laughs> I just reminding him. Hey, uh, speaking of quirky things in this business, uh, we've had a lot of laughs uh, and a lot of uh, heartaches over the writers. So, so you book an artist, they quote you a figure, you do your math, you think you can break even, maybe make a little money, and then the writer comes and and the contract arrives. And there's about a 45, 50 page writer. And inside the writer, there are all these very specific things that the artist needs beyond the amount that you agreed upon. Uh, of course, we later got smart and started asking to see the writer before we uh, negotiated the deal. But in the early days, you'd negotiate the deal and then the writer would come and you'd have a cardiac arrest uh, when you opened it. What are some of the weirdest things that you've ever seen on a writer? Uh, hang glider. Uh, tube socks, like a gross of tube socks, white tube socks. Um, and then obviously there's the, some of the crazy wines, some of the, uh, and then lately some of these artists have been pretty fun about their writers and they're saying, we want a, uh, an old cassette deck or uh, boom box with a playlist of, 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 Roger Miller songs, and <laughs> and those are fun to do. You know, you can make that and and do little things like that. I think they've they've wised up a bit. And but you know, back in the day, when we didn't, when you didn't have a fax machine, this is before faxes, and you're booking shows, and you can't see a writer. I mean, even it has to come in the mail. Right. And so you know, and then trying to uh, advance a date or so what what time's the band going to be here how many state you know all that stuff was just virtually impossible but 
it's 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 improved and i i think the bands have gotten a little more realistic to their needs and and yes they are still 40 pages long for a for a, or long or 70 pages long for a, a harry connick or or a wilco or a big show but um but yeah it's uh crazy yeah, yeah and you know a lot of people um they buy a ticket to come to a show and they don't know what goes on, uh, you know, two days before, three days before the day of the building of the whole setup, uh, the putting together, particularly of a festival where you have festival. to build a city, you know, yep. you have to build a city outside and you have to address power, plumbing, uh, food service, uh, first aid. I mean, the things that go into it are just quite remarkable. Have you worked out at the Brandon Amphitheater yet? I hadn't had a chance to to even go out there for a show yet but have you had any interaction with that venue uh i've had interaction because well red mountain and slash live nation booked that venue and i do a lot of we partner a lot of shows with red mountain and live nation so so and that's actually when i was when i was in birmingham i did a lot of work with with tony rapino and jay and gary so so we have a long uh relationship yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get nervous. Uh, so anyway, yeah, it's you know it's uh, but they're they're done for the year. I, mean, I was going to say, can you imagine what what kind of shows they've had to cancel? Yeah, yes, I can. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I've yes, actually, I I was on the phone with with uh, with them just recently, and we were discussing the state of you know what's happening, and especially when you're talking about these large tours, I mean, you know, it's like, even right now, if I wanted to go out and if, if it's Fleetwood Mac and I wanted to do Fleetwood Mac, a tour, I can't, there's no rehearsal halls available. You can't bring in production right now because they have all the COVID restrictions. Right. And so you can't prepare for a tour much less, you know, you can put dates on hold and stuff like that, but you know, ne negotiating deals right now is, is, unheard of just because we don't know what the future's like so well if you could sort of lay out your uh your vision of, of of a timeline of where what might happen between now you know the end of july uh and and the near you know year and a half out uh for live music and and nightclubs and live music venues and and shows and festivals well, I do think that, um, unfortunately, I, I have a, a, a strong feeling that that this year will not is not going to be pretty as far as live music is concerned. We are currently uh, working on a couple of projects to maybe do some outdoor shows with social distancing, using tables and so on uh, in a, a limited uh format but you know again a lot of there's a lot of details to work out and it's not even sure those are going to happen but uh but if they do we're going to try we're, we're going to try four shows or so in the in october september october type period but as far as clubs are concerned um <laughs> as far as the club is concerned dueling hall and i'm sure it's the same with you you know that you know it's for Dueling Hall to open the doors, we're not open every day. So it just doesn't make monetary sense to open up and do 
25 people, you know, for, right. for show. It just, it, you can't pay for the air conditioning already. Right. So, um, I think that, um, I think first quarter of next year, um, you know, I've really not booked anything prior to April as of yet. I'm still just a little worried about that January, February, March time period. Um, and this vaccine thing is, you know, if that works, then that's fantastic. But, you know, how many doses, who gets it? You know, right. a lot of people are not going to want to take a vaccine. And, you know, there's 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 still going to be a lot of paranoia over over this what's happening. So they, I think, are a little easier to do because they're outside and you can you can make make arrangements for that. Um, but it, it still boils down to even in a festival or in a GA club that two songs go and everybody's at the stage or they had two beers and they're all intermingling. So I think, I think we're in uncharted waters. I would hope by, uh, you know, I hope in the spring we're, we're back into full gear. I think your big shows and, and so on and so forth, maybe, maybe mid summer, even end of end of next year before you start seeing arena shows happening now. So, all right. Well, it's not a rosy, uh, picture but it's a very realistic picture of sort of where we are and and where we're going Arden, i appreciate you taking the time to to come on the show and talk about uh, the live music scene and i hope it's uh hope we're all surprised and that we're back sooner than we think but uh i think we all share your uh passion for for live music and uh, and and having shows and we the sooner we get back to it uh, the better we'll all like it. So thanks a lot for coming on. Good luck uh, in the future. And certainly uh, we look forward to shows at Dueling Hall, Ardenland, shows at Thalia festivals and all of those things that we've come to know and love here living in Jackson and in Mississippi. Thanks for having me. Hi, I'm Malcolm White. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast. You can also hear the show on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5 p.m. For access to more conversations with creative Mississippians, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcast app. No matter if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone, Everyday Tech can decipher today's technology for tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app.